0: Hey everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another day, another episode,
1: another show. Oh, sorry, of Doug (laughs) and Renee, Married Life. Sorry, having
0: technical difficulties here. Uh we are still <clears throat> thank you for joining us a little bit under the weather. So, um, but we are still talking about divorce is not an option.
1: Yes. Divorce is not an option. We and are on week three.
0: Week three. Week three. Week three, paragraph
1: three, page three. <laughs> Installment Chapter three. Installment three. Installment three. Episode three. Episode three. Three is the number of the Trinity: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.
0: Okay. While
1: we were while we <laughs> on the number three, I figured, hey.
0: Yeah, that's 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 your thing. The numbers. Um, yeah, divorce is not. An option. I think it's important that you take divorce off the table as an option. And this is just me talking um I don't know if it's in the Bible or not, but I think it's important that you take it off the table and because if it is an option it's it's an option <laughs> you know so right. if it if it is an option, then when things get bad and everybody has their own uh barometer of what what's bad, what's bad is a relative term to you versus me. I can say, you know, what's bad. In my marriage, you'd be like, ah, that's nothing. You know, I can't believe you got divorced over that. And not that Renee and I uh, divorced, but hopefully you get the picture. And so I think it's important that as you are doing premarital counseling, marital counseling, uh, you're dating, that you understand and just say, hey, we, if God is really... Put us together We're not getting a divorce I don't know what we're going to do But I can tell you what we're not going to do I know my wife doesn't necessarily Like when I say that But sometimes that's the truth You may not know what you're going to do But you just know what you're not going to do So I think it's important That you take that option off the table And it doesn't even have to be A part of your vocabulary For you and your spouse And that you just sit there and you work it out. I'm not a big proponent of somebody leaving the house either. That's This is just me talking. Uh, it's not in my notes or anything like that. I'm just not a proponent of somebody leaving the house unless there's a reason to leave the house. Whether physical abuse, verbal abuse, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But just because the two of you can't get along, I don't believe that you know you should leave the house. That's just me.
1: Right. It's not just dumb talking. Not storming out the house. No, mean I mean like, leaving. Like, like leaving like like a separation, yes. going yeah. Not going out to cool off. You mean like leaving, taking some a change of clothes yes. and not coming oh okay. Yes, that's what I mean. Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
0: And I know we've gone through our trials and tribulations. And again, some of it was because we didn't leave because we didn't
1: have money. Um <laughs> <laughs> money was not an option <laughs> Yeah, when you don't
0: have money, you don't have options <coughs> Sometimes, maybe that could be why uh, You're not where you think you should be mm. Financially, because you, When you have money, you have options But for us, personally We never left I don't think we did In the 35 years or so And part of it was because We didn't have any money We... Didn't have any family um, When we lived in Texas For the most part till my sister came down there But even when we had our bad times It was like We're not leaving Where do we go? Yeah right. no. <clears throat> So anyway That's just That's just Me talking from the heart um, Didn't cost you anything As pastors mm-hmm. would say
1: <laughs> No I I agree with you about the The options Taking divorce As an option off of the table. And then it's kind of like you said, here's what we're not going to do. I like to have proposed to you. Here's what we will do. You may not know exactly what troubled times will come. But maybe having options on the table of if this happens, here's our... Christian counselor or here's a number if this happens here's my accountability person you know that I'm going to call you know husbands have a man that they could call on wives have a a woman a Christian that they can call on and um or here's what we're going to do we're going to sit at the table and we're going to have a conversation or we're going to go out To dinner and have a conversation or we're going to go in the car and have a conversation because when our kids were young, when we had to have uh, discussions, we either went in the bedroom and closed the door or there were occasions where we went and sat in the car and we went and and long so that the kids was not um, exposed, Mm -hmm. if you will, privy to our heated conversation and, I mean, it's funny because our kids are grown now. They're not kids, our grown men. And they said that they don't remember hearing us have uh, arguments. And that was by design. Because we said we're, what we're not going to do is have these discussions in front of them. But what we are going to do is have these discussions. So uh, when you say divorce is not an option... You got to have an also an option for dealing with troubled times because every marriage has storms and seasons and good times and bad times and not so great times and mediocre times. You're just going to have seasons in your marriage.
0: Oh, OK. <laughs> I thought you was going to keep going out. Um, all right. So. Before this podcast started, right before this podcast, I going to say right before the podcast started, you and I had a conversation earlier today. I'm not going to say about what, but it was a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it was a, um, uh, let's get the wheels back on the track sort of conversation about, or miscommunication. A lot of, I think we have a lot of miscommunication in our marriage. That's just me personally talking. But because divorce is not an option in our marriage, I never even thought about, hey, you know, I'm I'm bouncing or I'm going to go stay somewhere else. I'm going to call this person or I'm going to do this. or I'm going to do that. And plus, I'm not feeling too good. So I just wanted to go to sleep. But anyway, that's a little <laughs> side humor.
1: In his own bed. <laughs> in his own house. Even if he mad at his wife. Oh, God is good.
0: But I think it's important that our listeners our and we've been fairly transparent to a certain extent with our, you know, the audience, that hey, we go through things too. And for us to sit here and go over divorce is not an option and then for the last two or three weeks when we've had some conversations, you know, even though we went on vacation, you know, before we went on vacation. I don't know if we had a conversation during vacation, Um, but I know we definitely had one after vacation because that was today. So things come up, life happens. And so you have to you have to deal with it and you have to address it, you know, at some point in time. Perfect example. So we we put the trash out on a certain day. Right. And the people didn't pick up our trash. So, me and, you know, Doug being Doug, I'm like, well, I'm, the trash the trash bag is in the bin, but they didn't pick up the trash in the bin. So, when I came home, it was like, man, they didn't even pick up the trash. It was just one trash bag. So, me being me, I was like, I'm not putting this trash bag in the house. It's mm-hmm. going to stay out there. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to deal with the trash. Mm-hmm. And then we came home yesterday. Or the day before yesterday Whatever it was And you said Something got in the trash And A uh, squirrel something
1: Yeah a bit and, of Made a hole yeah, in it Yeah Made a hole there.
0: in the yeah. trash It made Made a mess of the trash in, it was in the bin But it was It was It was uh, They made a mess of it So I had to go out there Again Not Saying I did anything spectacular Just cleaned up the trash And put it all in the bag Took it somewhere And dumped it Um I said all that to say, if you don't deal with your trash, somebody else, you're going to have to deal with it at some point. Not that somebody else mm. will, but you're going to have to deal with it at some point. That's good. And so I, I'm always looking for life lessons in everything. And that was something that I learned the other day. It was like I could have dealt with the trash on Thursday mm-hmm. when they didn't pick it up. I could have just easily wheeled it back in the house or in the garage and, every you know, it wouldn't have been an issue. But because I'm, no, I'm not putting it back in the house. They messed it up. It's going to stay out there all week and blah, 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 blah. All this is going through my head. And then we come back Friday. I don't even know what today is. Friday or whatever day it came back. I
1: think it was was Saturday, yesterday, because it's Sunday when we record. So it was two days later.
0: Two days later. What's, What's the two, the number of? You need to pick up your trash. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway you, you made the statement that something got in the trash, and I look in there and I'm like, Oh my goodness. If I would have dealt with it on Thursday, when when I realized they didn't pick up the trash, it would not have been an issue. Mm-hmm. But because I was hard headed, stubborn, all the things that I know I am, I was like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with it. It became more of a mess that I, and eventually I had to deal with it. Mm. So when we talking about divorce is not an option, some of this that you're going through right now in your marriage is because you didn't want to deal with it originally in its infancy stage. And then it kind of festered and grew and kind of took on a life of its own. And now you got a, you got a mess you got to deal with. Mm.
1: I was thinking when you were saying that because I was visualizing the whole. So on Thursday, when you realized that they didn't um, pick it up because it was hot outside, the Mm -hmm. trash sat out all day long. Normally, they pick it up in the morning. You get home in the evening and there's trash still sitting out there all day in this heat. And you saw flies and gnats. And you was like, I'm not bringing that back in the house. So I was thinking that people have issues and they see a few flies and gnats that are annoying and they don't want to deal with it. But then once that stuff starts to fester and the holes and it starts to ooze out, then it's a bigger mess to deal with when you wait till later. Mm -hmm. So this is, I'm just paraphrasing basically what you said just to give people a visual that now this trash has oozed out and now you have to, you know, put on some gloves, get another bag and put all the stuff in. And so you need to deal with it as soon as you recognize it's an issue instead of waiting for it to fester and, you know, be starts to spill out of the bag and make a mess Um and that's the analogy I'm using, but I'm talking about whatever your issue is in your marriage. Um, so it doesn't get to the point where you like, I'm, I'm done, I'm out, I'm leaving, I'm, you know, I want a divorce. That's how you help avoid that option even coming up is dealing with stuff before it becomes a big mess. And
0: the thing about
1: it, Renee, is that Thursday... I felt
0: better than I did Saturday. I dealt with it Saturday, but I didn't want to deal with it Saturday because I felt like crap Saturday. Not COVID, anything like that. But I just didn't feel good, but I had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so if I would have just dealt with it Thursday when I came home, it would have saved me the headache, the heartache, uh, you know, just the time it took to grab a new bag, clean it up, and all that other stuff. So I should have definitely dealt with it in its smaller stage when I knew about it and should have addressed it then and there. Then to get so prideful and, you know, arrogant, say, oh, I'm not going to deal with it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I had to deal with it. And I really didn't feel like dealing with it on Saturday, but I had to because I had to. And so there may be some things you're going through in your marriage right now that because you did address it earlier and either you thought it was cute or you thought uh, your spouse would, you know, stop doing whatever it was they are doing. Or maybe I don't know why it wasn't addressed earlier, but in your marriage. But at some point, you know, now it's not funny. Now it's not cute. Now it's irritating. Now it's on your last nerve. And you have to make sure that even though your your feelings may be hurt <clears throat> and you have a God given right for your feelings to be hurt, hurt, that you just kind of got to take that D word off the table. And even though, you know, it may have been going on for a while, if your spouse didn't know they were doing it, then you can't really Blame them for doing whatever it is they were doing or saying whatever they were saying, because you never addressed it. You know what I mean? And yeah. so they're not they're not a mind reader. We're not mind readers, whether it's the husband or the wife. We are not mind readers. So for for you to think he should know or she should know, nah, we really don't know. You know, I don't care how long you've been married, I cannot read Renee's brain and she cannot read mine. We figured that out. We just reaffirmed that today around 1 p.m. Eastern. So we uh, and again, none of this is in our notes, but I just wanted to to share with everybody that sometimes you just got to take things off the table as far as the divorce option and say, how do we deal with this without going there? Mm -hmm. And you got to figure out how to make it work. Every marriage is different. And so what works for one marriage may not work for another. I like your idea of having um, mentors or having somebody on speed dial, not necessarily speed dial, but having somebody (laughs) you can reach out to. But that's going to take some time, effort, and it's going to take a leap of faith for both of you to have someone who you can reach out to uh, and address or talk to in your time of need. And I have a question for you. When you said that, I thought about this. If we, if we were doing what you said, let's just say you had a person, which you do. I have a person. And, and let's just say you don't agree on who my person is. Mm. He's a man. He's God-fearing man, you know, but you don't agree. Should I find somebody else or vice versa? If you have somebody and I'm like, I really am not feeling this person.
1: Wow. That's for you. That's a good question. And you kind of put me on the spot. Um, I think, and this is my initial reaction. And if through prayer and discernment, I I feel another way. I'll come back and, and recant this statement on another episode. But I think it's kind of like a friend. When you have a friend that you, when your spouse has a friend that you don't particularly care for, I think you have to respect your spouse's uh, opinion because they may discern something that you don't discern about that person. And I think you have to respect your spouse's opinion and value your spouse's opinion. If they say, I don't like so-and-so as your accountability person, that's not the case in our situation. I know who you look to as accountability and Mm -hmm. certainly don't have an issue with them. And I believe you have the same feeling about Mm -hmm. my accountability and but I think that if you had a problem with them, I would have to respect and value your your feelings. I think, I mean, I think like a friendship. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, hey, you know, <clears throat> this is my homegirl, this is my homeboy, or we've been friends since such and such, but your spouse is saying, no, I don't, you know I don't really care for that person, or I don't think that they're a good fit for your for you as far as being friends. You have to respect that because your spouses your is your supposed to be your best friend, y'all are on the same team, and if they have a problem with you sharing details about your marriage or going to someone for advice or help or guidance, and they don't feel comfortable with that person, then I don't think that is the person for you. You have to pray and ask God that to help you find another person or to help your spouse see that that person is a good fit and let your spouse come back and say, you you know what? I was wrong. You know what God showed me that that person was helpful to you or helpful to us or a blessing to you. You know, I apologize. I think that's the route that should be taken. Respect your spouse and find someone else and pray and ask God to show you that who that someone else is
0: and i I kind of agree i guess i kinda i agree with what you said. I also think that if I have an issue with who you're reaching out to. I should be able to uh, articulate to you why I have an issue with that person and not just because, you yeah. know, I, mm-hmm. just because doesn't work uh, for me. So I think um, if that is the case, and also I would highly, highly, and I don't know if you agree with this, say whoever you reach out to should not be a family member. It should be somebody that's not in your family. I agree. Because that can muddy the waters real quick. <clears throat> so we just wanted to give you some some tidbits and uh, what, what I wanted to, what we wanted to talk about earlier. And this kind of segues into the scripture we have in Luke chapter 1, uh, 13 through, let's just say 20. And uh, it's the story of when Elizabeth is pregnant with uh, the son, John, John the Baptist. And the angel comes down to Zechariah, which is, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just paraphrasing. You can read it in the Message Bible. But uh, the angel comes down to Zechariah and says, your prayer has been heard. And I I think it's very interesting. I I was telling Renee this. I said, the Bible is very specific, and I don't think there's any uh coincidences in the Bible it is very specific in a lot of the translations it says your prayer has been heard singular. Uh so whatever Zechariah was praying for, God heard him. He said, Elizabeth, your wife will bear you a son, a son by you. And so uh because the angel said that Zechariah was praying for a son. And then go down to verse nineteen twenty um I think it was nineteen. Uh The angel is telling Zachariah, but because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day your son is your son is born. You know, every word I've spoken will come true on time, God's time. And I think it was interesting that those words were used in this translation. uh, But because you won't believe me, Uh, you can pray for something and even when god hears your prayer you don't believe or won't believe that god answers your prayer sometimes you could be in something for so long again talking about divorce is not an option you could be going through something and arguing and fussing and fighting and having disagreements and miscommunication and uh when you roll up to the house you don't want to go in and you try to find every reason not to be in your house and you you do extra work, you take extra shifts and all of this, but all the time you're focusing on doing other things. God is working on your spouse. And then when God answers your prayer, you're like, I, I'm not going to believe. And I think it was interesting. And I told you this that the Bible says, but because you won't believe. It didn't say you don't believe. Mm-hmm. You know, it says you won't believe. Like you've been praying for this for so long. You've been praying for God to move for so long. And when God does answer your prayer, it's like, I'm not going to believe this.
1: Right. You it's know? I think when you told me this, my thought was the, the saying, this is too good to be true.
0: Yeah. Too good to be true. And you've been praying and praying and praying to... Now, first, we talked about the people going through. And now we're going to talk to the people who you're not even going through anymore. You just don't believe that what you're seeing is real. Oh, they're going to mess up. They're going to go back to doing whatever they were doing, or they're going to, you know, whatever it may be. And you've been praying for so long. You've been asking people. You've been touching and agreeing with everybody and, you know, sowing seeds and doing all this other stuff. And now that God has answered your prayer, now that you're coming out of this season or, or out of this season, you don't believe it. You won't believe it. And it's like, I don't know what you have to, um, I don't know what needs to be done. I think, I gotta say we've all been in that place, but I know I've been in that place where I've prayed for things. And then when I came out of it, I was like, okay, I really don't know how I got out. Really don't know how we got out. But, you know, is the other shoe gonna drop? Is this gonna raise ugly head and you kind of nervous and don't know how to, you know, Approach things or say things because you're kind of walking on eggshells for lack yeah. of a better phrase,
1: yeah, people are afraid to let their guard down, yeah they their guard is still
0: up, yeah, because now it's like, well, can I really rely on you can, are you really gonna pick me up when you say you're gonna pick me up, or are you really coming home when you say you're really coming home, and for the longest you know it's been two, three a month- two, three weeks a month. Your spouse has been coming home when they say they're gonna come, when they say they're gonna come home, they've been not spending money, they've been doing what they're supposed to do, and for whatever reason, uh, because we're human, you just won't believe what you're seeing. And so our word to you is the same thing happened to Zachariah. He prayed for a son, you know, he wanted his wife, you know, to bear him a son, and when God finally got around to doing it. And again, it's in in the last phrase of uh, chapter 20, talks about God's time. And that's something we don't stress enough because we think that God works on our time. And, you know, well, by I'm 25, I should have this by now. We're 30, we shouldn't be going through this by now. 35, why are we doing this? We're 40, we shouldn't be, you know, I thought by now you have given this up. And, you know, but now we are forty-five, fifty, and here we are still, you know, doing the same thing. God's time is not our time. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be uh, patient, understand. And when God does bless you and when God does deliver, that I just don't want you to be like myself in certain instances or Zachariah in this particular um, scripture, in this particular, what's the word I'm looking for, story. That I want you to believe what your eyes are seeing, what your ears are hearing, because your spouse really has changed. But you just don't want to believe it. And I know, like you said, you, you build your guard up because, you know, things have happened. Birthdays have been forgotten and anniversaries have been forgotten and money's been mismanaged and all these other different things. I get it. I understand it. I'm not trying to minimize that and nor will I minimize that. But I will say, for every, in order to have a testimony, you have to have a test, and there's a season for everything. But there's also a season for everything. If that makes sense, it's just a season. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's all I wanted to say, just to encourage you out there in Podcast Land, and thank you all for listening, and God bless.